Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We are journeying with Paul and Silas and now Timothy on the second missionary journey. Last time we saw uh, Paul and Silas pick up Timothy in the city of Lystra after uh, uh, disputing with Barnabas about whether they should take Mark or not. Mark and Barnabas go down to the island of Cyprus. Paul and Silas go back into the churches in Asia Minor, and there they uh, meet up with Timothy and begin to take him on through their journey as well. Now, today, we will see the group for the first time taking the gospel not only to Asia Minor, but beyond into the area of Greece and uh, officially to Europe for the first time. And so we're going to begin reading in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. It says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So the group is traveling. They've traveled through cities like Lystra, Iconium, in the region of Galatia. And in verse 6, we read that they travel all throughout Phrygia and Galatia in southern Anatolia. They're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak in Asia. What this means is uh, they were attempting to travel west uh, from southern Anatolia to continue on toward the coast, but somehow the Spirit of God directed them away from doing that. Now, we don't exactly know if the Holy Spirit appeared to Paul in a dream or some of the others, or if they were somehow denied access to these regions and forced to go around. So we don't know the, the specific way that the Holy Spirit prevented them from going into Asia, but we do know that God is sovereignly directing where the group goes, and he doesn't want them at this point to go into uh, the western part of Asia Minor. And so they travel to the north. Well, again, in verse 7, we are told that they're attempting now to go into the region of Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So this is the second location that somehow the Holy Spirit is preventing them from going into this region. He's sort of Xing out places on the map that he doesn't want them to go and guiding them in a very specific path until they finally come to the northwestern city of Troas in Asia Minor. How does the Holy Spirit direct us today? 
Well, he primarily directs us through the word of God. And if we're living as believers in Jesus Christ for God's glory, we want to be uh, living in obedience to the word of God. The Spirit of God is not going to desire us to do something that's contradictory to his word. And so if we're desiring to understand what God wants for our lives, the place where we have to begin is to understand that we need to live in obedience to uh, the word of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit directs us today, I think, through the opening and closing of opportunities in our lives. And as those opportunities are opened up to us, it may be an indication that God's desire is for us to explore those opportunities. If something is closed down as an opportunity, uh, meaning uh, if there is no longer the option available for us to go in a certain direction or make a certain decision, that would be an indication that the Spirit of God is saying, that's not what I desire for your life. So, the missionary group, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, eventually comes to the city of Troas, and Troas is on the Aegean. And in a vision here, Paul now sees a man from Macedonia, uh, which is across the Aegean. Macedonia is to the north of Greece. And this man, in Paul's vision, asks him to come over to Macedonia and help us. And so, as a result of this, uh, we read down in verse 10, when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, there's something very interesting about verse 10 here. It seems that there is another individual added to this missionary group. So far, we've got Paul, Silas, Timothy was added to the group in the city of Lystra, and it seems fairly evident here at Troas that the author of the book of Acts, who is Luke, is now entering the group as well. So we've got a missionary team of four individuals. The reason that we think Luke enters the group here is because uh, he uses language of we sought to go into Macedonia, including himself with the group. God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Luke most likely joins up with Paul's team, either at the city of Troas or right before this occurs, and together they're going to go across the Aegean now into Macedonia for the first time. I'll read verses 11 through 15 now. So setting sail from Troas... We made a direct voyage to Samothrace. Samothrace was an island in the Aegean. And the following day to Neapolis, a port city in Macedonia. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. 
and she prevailed upon us. So they continue across the Aegean now into the region of Macedonia and eventually come to the city of Philippi. They would have traveled along one of the main Roman roads to get to the city of Philippi, which is described as a leading city in the district of Macedonia. And they remain there for a good amount of time. Perhaps there is no synagogue in Philippi because on the Sabbath day, instead of going to the synagogue, they go outside the city gate to find a place of prayer. There they sit and speak to the women who had gathered, and one of these women was named Lydia of the city of Thyatira, which was actually in Asia Minor, and she was a seller of purple goods. Now, this would have been uh, dyed cloth or clothing or uh, other textiles, and this purple dye was something that was uh, known, uh, the city of Thyatira was known for this purple dye, and Lydia is described as a worshiper of God. So perhaps she is a Jewish proselyte or a Gentile who follows the God of Israel. The, the next verse is a very wonderful way of talking about God's work in Lydia's heart. It says here at the end of verse 14, The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. It's a wonderful statement of God's grace given to a particular person. The Spirit of God must open up our heart before we can really understand the truth of the good news. So this is the way her salvation is described. The Lord opens her heart to understand the things that Paul is talking about, and she receives Christ. She trusts in him and is baptized as a result of this. Now, because of what takes place, Lydia invites the group to stay with her in her home. And this shows that she would have been a woman of some wealth and status if she actually had a household where she was able to invite a group of four men in and allow them to stay with her. And so the four missionaries now are at the city of Philippi and they're having some good success here as some are beginning to believe in the gospel of Jesus. In verses 16 and following, we read next, As we were going to the place of prayer, and so this place of prayer that they had met Lydia at became a regular place that they would go and share the gospel, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Now Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowds joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. 
and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. And having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So Paul and the group continue to go to this place of prayer, and as they're doing this on a regular occurrence, there's a slave girl with a spirit of divination, we're told. There's some kind of uh, unseen spirit that's afflicting her. This testifies to the reality of the invisible uh, angelic world. This girl was able to predict things through this spirit that was on her. The slave girl follows after Paul in the group shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she does this consistently for so many days to the point where it becomes disruptive and is an annoyance to Paul. So he turns back to her and speaks to the spirit, commanding it to come out in the name of Jesus. And it comes out at that very hour, freeing the slave girl. This miracle would have also testified to the gospel message that Paul and Silas, Timothy, and Luke were sharing in the city of Philippi. However, as a result of this, the owners of the slave girl were upset that their source of income had dried up. So they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. Now in the, the agora, the marketplace at this time, Roman officials would pronounce their judgments for the city at the bema seat or the judgment seat. Paul and Silas are brought before these magistrates and they're told by the girl's owners, uh, these men are Jews and they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Well, what were they referencing here? Perhaps their description of worship of Jesus as God would have been uh, conflicting for them with the Roman worship of the emperor, of Caesar. Well, the crowds join in their attack and the magistrates order them to be publicly beaten. Afterward, they're thrown into prison and the jailer is ordered to keep them safely. So he places them in the innermost prison and fastens their feet in the stock. There is no hope of escape for them, humanly speaking. But next time we will see that God is able to do even the impossible. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.org.